Hey, everybody, and welcome to Moving and Grooving with Ellen. It is now June 29th, 2022, and it's right before the 4th of July of this year, and I'm so excited to be doing a wine show again because let's, let's face it, folks, is there anything better for the 4th of July or any day of the week, or I would say 24 hours, than wine? And I am so happy to have with me as guests the brother and sister duo Corey McGinnis and Ray McGinnis, who are wine experts and who do a fantastic show down in New Jersey called Whining Away, you guessed it, with Corey and Ray. So um, we're gonna, we have a lot to talk about today, but first I want to give them the intro they deserve because they deserve they, they entertain so many people and um, educate so many people about wine that um, I want to give them a great intro. <laughs> Here it goes. Corey McGinnis and um, is co-producer and co-host with her brother Ray McGinnis of the show Whining Away with Corey and Ray. And Corey has acquired her love of wine over the last 25 years through research, which was a lot of fun, folks. I mean, I would like to research wine also. Discussions, wine tastings, which again, I mean, I'm in, I'm in for that. Educational classes, and by having a glass or few. She has traveled to various wine regions and visited wineries in Sonoma, Napa, Temecula, where I have some really great friends, and I happen to love that region, Italy, France, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, and even those in New Jersey, which really surprised me because I didn't realize New Jersey had vineyards, as well as in New York, Virginia, Pennsylvania, and many other local states. She loves to constantly learn more about every type of wine, well, folks, who wouldn't, and is always looking for the best bottle from values to high-end wines to low-end wines. One of her best resources has been her brother, Ray, who is immersed in the wine industry and has been a wealth of knowledge on her quest to become a true wine aficionado. She is also the former producer and co-host of Princeton's TV's Medical Tips You Need to Know. Now, Ray McGinnis has been working in the restaurant and retail wine industries since 1990 and has been given certifications in the industry for both Italian varietals and the Napa Valley region as well. Ray has traveled to close to a dozen countries as a wine professional. He has hosted over 200 private and industry, t- and industry tastings covering wines from all over the globe. He currently is a wine manager and buyer for a wi- private re- uh, retail wine group called Wine Anthology. Also being a professional comedian for 13 years has helped him apply a unique and humorous approach when introducing wines to his customers, families, and friends. What could be better than a hearty laugh with a delicious glass of wine? Well, I'm all for that, guys. How are you today? And how's everything in New Jersey? It's great. (laughs) You there? I'm sorry. I just exhaled. You just exhaled. Okay. Well, I was told not to breathe for the first section. <laughs> well, that's true. I did say that. But um, how how are you guys? I mean, are you alive and, and well and kicking? Absolutely. Doing the best we can. Doing the best we can, right? Okay. All right. Well, Corey, I just want to mention right up front that her connection is a little bit staticky, but folks, just ignore it. In fact, um, take a glass of wine while you're listening to the show. And, and well, I was going to say, just keep drinking until she sounds right. And exactly, exactly. Now, I do have a, um, a little um, saying here that I, I read in one of our shows, but I've, I've got to read it again because I think it says so perfectly how we feel about wine. There's a big sign that says, I've got salad for dinner. Great. Actually, a fruit salad. Well, mostly grapes. Okay, all grapes. Fermented grapes. 
wine. Guys, I've got wine for dinner. Is that your philosophy, folks? If you look at the bottom, Corey actually signed it. Yeah. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah. Well, today we want to talk about f- having fun with wine. Um, you know, guys, how do you make life more fun with wine? I mean, you want to tell the group out there, the, my audience, who wants well, to begin? Well, I, I mean, my, my opinion is, you know, wine goes hand in hand with life's greatest celebrations. I mean, birthday parties, weddings, uh, you know, even if you're just going to a nice dinner with friends. I mean, wine is one of the best ways to celebrate and, you know, welcome life. Exactly. And, Corey, what, what's your philosophy on that? Do you have any, anything to add to that? Something that was very well said? I agree. And I, I just say that, you know, it's, it's something that shouldn't be intimidated. It's something that should be enjoyed. Well, I'm glad you said that because, you know, I've taken a few wine classes and uh, one was at the Harvard School of Education. They have night classes and everything. And people are so serious about it. I mean, I, I really thought, didn't we come to have fun? So, folks, just kind of, you know, chill and um, uh, enjoy the wine because it, it's just so very important. I mean, why else drink wine if you're not enjoying it? Wouldn't you say that's true, folks? Corian Ray? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I, I have many friends with whom our co- common bond is wine, and we love to get together and, and open some great bottles and just share laughs and stories, and, you know, it's synonymous with having a great time. Absolutely. And, you know, um, one of the groups that take, seems to take it very seriously, I, I know we talked about this um, maybe before we did our show, but that MIT group that is doing logarithm, logarithms to show you what kinds of wines you like. Are you familiar with those guys? Yes. And, you know, well, it's, a, it's an interesting concept to try to take, you know, something so serious and precise and figure out what people's tastes are and try to, you know, show them the wines that they may like. It's, you know, it's just as easy to simply say, you know, tell me what it is that you prefer. Tell me the taste that you like. Tell me what you're serving for dinner tonight. And people like Ray or in your local wine shop can gladly, you know, steer you in the right direction. Well, you know, also, I would think it'd be more fun to taste all these wines yourself. I mean, Ray, what do you think about that? Why don't you just open a bottle and taste it? I mean, one of my uh, calling cards professionally is I love introducing people to new varietals that they haven't had before. If somebody drinks, you know, Sauvignon Blanc all the time, you know, I'll yeah. introduce them to Tarantes or Gewürztraminer or a dry Riesling. And I love their reaction when they come back. Oh, my God, I had no idea it could be that good. You know, and exactly. I, I had a I had a mentor who shared with me one time, you know, he's like in your marriage, be monogamous in your wine life, be <laughs> polygamous. I love it. Try everything. <laughs> Because your favorite wine is out there and you haven't met it yet. And from from that day on, I went out of my way to try as many different stuff as I could. And uh, I've loved the entire journey. And I just think doing logarithm is so dry. No pun intended, just, but really. You know, it's a very, it's a very academic approach. And it's a, a way to try and quantify something that is innate. It's a feeling. Exactly. You love what you love. You know, some people love heavy reds. Some people like like crisp whites. Right. It's going to be different. Exactly. Uh, each person. And uh, that doesn't mean you can't try the other. I mean, you know, life is to be experienced. So, right. you know, exactly. open up a bottle and, you know. Having a wine that you don't exactly love is still better than not. Exactly. Corey, do you agree with that? 
Absolutely. We always say that, you know, the, the worst glass of wine you had is still a glass of wine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I have some questions for you. We didn't do this in the last. By the way, folks, if you didn't listen to the last show, this is Corey and Ray's second show with me talking about wines. We did one. Um, when was it in? Um, I think it was in uh, May, April. Oh, it was in April. It was in April. So, yeah, and they're going to come back in September because we have so much to talk about, guys. I mean, we really do. But to start off with a question I have, what is a, is fortified a dessert wine? And whoever wants to take that, just take it. Go go with it. Who wants to do it? Corey, you want to explain what that is? Fortified. Oh, raise the fortified king. Go ahead, Bray. Fortified wine is like port. It's, uh, you know, years and years and years ago when they used to ship wines from Portugal to different areas, the, the wine didn't survive the boat trip. And so they started adding, you know, brandy and different liqueurs that would stretch it out and give it a little more shelf life. And uh, that's how fortified wines were born. Ah, so what would you have it with? With with your main meal or with uh, appetizers? I mean, normally ports are you know, post-meal. Oh, okay. So you'd yeah. have it with dessert. You'd have it with dessert or just even, you know, a lot of guys will light up a cigar and have a glass oh, of right. port. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, okay. Uh, Corey, I'm going to send this to you. What are some fun wines that you think, and then I'll give you my opinion, what I love, but uh, what, what do you think are some fun wines, Corey? Well, I think fun wines, I usually think of crazy combinations. I mean, there's a line of wine out there called, fun wines oh. and they have uh, espresso cabernets and, and tropical chardonnays and you know there's a lot of local wineries in new jerseys that make uh, fruit wines and so those are a lot of fun you know from pineapple to blueberry to mm. red white blue sangria one of the new jersey wineries has um which is you know blueberry and raspberry and mixtures like that and mm. you know it's Something a little bit off the beaten path. Oh, that's very interesting. I've never had that at all. Now, everyone out there, go open up your fun wine and glug glug with us as we're talking about this because it sounds great. I, I have never done those. My favorite wine, and it's not, it, well, it is a wine, is Prosecco. I, I got into Prosecco a couple of years ago when I went to a, um, an art gallery opening at, um, well, the Chatham Bars Inn had all these artists come in with their things. And, of course, Chatham Bars Inn and Chatham has great food, and they had Prosecco, and I had never had Prosecco, and I have to say, I really love it. I love the sparkly feeling of it. Do you know what I'm saying, Ray and Yeah. yeah I, Corey's, I, a, Corey's a big fan of Prosecco. Oh, I, I must say, although I love wine too, but it, it really opened my eyes. After all this time, I'd never had Prosecco. Okay, what are some great dinner wine pairings? I, you know, always recommend old world wines with dinner. Uh, Portugal, Spain, France, Italy, those winemakers are making the wines to go with cuisine. Mm -hmm. That's the intent. It's meant to be had around a dinner table with family and friends. You know, the wines in California aren't necessarily made that way. It isn't to say that you couldn't have a California Cabernet with, you know, some beef. But the wine is made for you to just sit back and enjoy. Right. It's not meant to, to, to marry itself to the flavors of cuisine. So if you're eating Italian food, have an Italian wine. Huh. If you're having some spetzel, have a German wine. I mean, huh. you know, it's usually a good idea to try to drink from the region. Oh, that's very interesting. You know, uh, one thing you said to me, Ray, when we were uh, just talking privately, is that France is the standard, the gold standard of wine. Is is that true? I mean, is, is that something as you far, As far as the wine world in 
in Europe is concerned, France pretty much set the pace the way things are imported and exported and you know just the 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 rules that go into making certain wines to get certain uh, certifications and you know france was really the 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 ones that set the beat to the drum if you will um that isn't to say that the other countries don't operate independently but france was the first real one to you know wave the banner of we're a wine producing country to the world Mm -hmm. and uh so everyone pretty much followed suit from them. So do, do the American vineyards, do they follow suit with France too? I, I wouldn't necessarily say that, but certainly a lot of the practices and protocols that go into being a winery, yeah. I think a lot of those methods are still are still used domestically. But it wasn't until Chateau Montalena in 1976 had won the gold medal at a big French tasting that they had yeah. and beat out the top Bordeaux that anyone ever took uh, California wine seriously. Huh. Very, very interesting. Now, Corey, I just want, would you know any great wine? Say you're having a great filet mignon. You're out to dinner with a, a, a you know, at a lovely steakhouse and um, you're having a filet mignon. What would you suggest for a wine, Corey? Anything that you could think of? Oh, I, I love having, Cabernet Sauvignon with a, a great steak. I, I mean, you know, anyone, I'm sure there's, you know, everybody has their favorite, but, you know, a Napa Cab, um, something from Camus, something from Cake Bread, you know, and then, of course, you know, something more affordable or even, you know, that you can get in your local store that isn't high end. Mm-hmm. They, they pair well. Okay. And what about chicken? I love chicken myself. No, let's go with fish. Let's go for fish because a lot of people have fish. What would you, can you recommend anything for fish? Well, how are what fish are we having? Let's how have is lobster. It Let's say lobster, which is my my favorite. Oh God, I'm 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 okay. So you're having steamed lobster with drawn butter yes. and lemon. I'd yes. recommend a nice. Uh, you could re- recommend a nice high end uh, California Chardonnay, a white mm. Burgundy, mm. Puli Fouste, or a Montrachet. Mm. Uh, even you know some higher end reasons would go really well. Well, you know it, it's very coincidental that you mentioned that uh, Ray because right now, as you speak, the valet is coming in with my huge lobster, my twenty pound lobster, and great wine. And I'm going to pass it through the mic to you guys. How do you feel about that? Well, it must be nice to live in Massachusetts. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> it really is. It really. Don't you have good lobster in in New Jersey? Not like you guys. Not like you. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you're always invited to Cape Cod. You know that. You always uh, Oh, absolutely, because although I have to say my favorite lobsters, not to get off track because we're going to get right back to wine, folks, but um, is Maine lobster. I don't know what it is about oh, Maine yes, lobster. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. yeah, Perkins Cove. I just uh, – all right, so let's getting back to wine. What are some great vineyards in the United States? In the United let's, – let's start with the United States. Well, so, let's, let's start in New Jersey. Corey, list some of the people that we've actually gotten a chance to have on our show and gotten to visit their places. Sure. There's um, Unionville Vineyards in Ringos. There is Hopewell Valley Vineyard in Hopewell. There's the Cream Ridge Winery in Cream Ridge, New Jersey. Um, There is Old York Cellars in Ringos and other locations. There is Lorita Winery in New Egypt. Um, The Cape May Winery in Cape May is phenomenal. Um, there's, there's actually so many now they're just like exploding that no matter what County you go in, into the state, you can definitely come across anywhere from between one to six wineries in that region. How long has New Jersey had so many wineries? Do you know so many vineyards? 
Well, we've come to find out that, I mean, they, you know, they were starting about 25 to 30 years ago, but, you know, they weren't taking off. They were still learning the whole, you know, climate of the state and the environment and everything else. Right. And they, you know, their first go around, they had a bad reputation. There was a lot of wine that was not really drinkable. Um, and there was mostly fruit wines. And yeah. over time, they have mastered it. And we have had some exceptional uh, Chardonnays and Pinot Noirs and even um, Barolos from local New Jersey wineries. I, I, it's amazing to me because I have cousins who live in New Jersey who do like wine and had no idea. They live in um, New Providence. And I just, I'm sorry, I have to. I just yes. have to intercept. Yes, we've had Barolos from some of the restaurants. The the uh, sommeliers that have been on our show have brought us Barolos. Yeah, but nobody in New Jersey grows Barolo. Barolos grown in Piedmont. What we had was Barbera, which Barbera. is grown in New Jersey. Ah, okay. Just just in case there's someone who actually knows what they're talking about listening and is going to think that I'm why isn't he speaking up no one grows Barolo in New Jersey I'm so glad you said that because I would have gotten all kinds of emails Ray, yes. I, and very frightening emails too you know so <laughs> yeah so thank well, that's God. only if I send one <laughs> right right okay so now another question um what are some great wines under 25 dollars which is my price range Corey you want to take it from there well, I love I love Josh. I love Josh has an excellent red blend. They have a white. They have Cabernet. I mean, that's, you know, middle of the road, I guess. Yeah. They're usually between 13 to $15, depending. Um, I like them a lot. There's a, a ton of Proseccos, you know, under $15. Mm. Um, many different. There's Lanuda. There's, there's actually a, a bunch that are not even commercial name brands. Ray always, you know, will point them out to me when we go to you know a store yep. you just have to look you have to search for them and you can really find some great inexpensive wines that you know in your favorite varietal you know i have to mention a book i'm reading right now it's called and i mentioned to you Corey, but i didn't mention to ray it's called rachel to the rescue and it's by eleanor lipman and it's about this young woman in dc who falls in love with a guy who works in a wine store his father owns a wine store. It's a hoot, right? I mean, it's and well, then, it's actually a story based on my life. But well, we'll get really, into that you next, cannot believe next so, show. So he's wooing her, and he's saying, "You must break the rules with wine." We always break the rules with wine. In other words, you can do many things with wine. He's telling her this. You know, you can serve it with ice. You can chill it. You can swirl it with your your finger or whatever, and you can smell it or do all kinds of things. So, how would you break the rules? What would you advise this young woman? I mean. Uh, well, you- uh, first of all, I would tell her not to listen to him. Uh, <laughs> you shouldn't be putting ice in your wine. You shouldn't be swirling it with your finger. <laughs> yes. And what, so how else would you uh, – uh, any ideas, Corey? The problem, the problem with putting ice in your wine is because the ice is going to melt and the water is going to thin out the, the wine. wine. Right. If you want your wine cold, then merely chill it. And just put it in the refrigerator with enough time before you want to consume it. But oh. only sangria should be drank over ice. Oh, well, Wine should never be over ice. Well, that's interesting because I sometimes I do put – in fact, what if I just buy it, say, my Prosecco, which I'm buying a lot of now, uh, Lumetta. I think it's called Lunetta. They give you – 
Yeah, they give you three little bottles for one person mm-hmm. for like nine ninety nine. If I buy it and say it hasn't been chilled in the uh, wine store, I will put ice in it. And I'm glad to find out that's a no-no, Ray. Well, I mean, here's well, look, if you're just looking to grab a quick buzz and you need the ice to cool it down, I'm not going to say anything about it. But I'm <laughs> saying I wouldn't recommend it. Well, here's, here's the secret. What you can do is take grapes or strawberries, yeah. freeze them. Yep. And then you take them out as ice cubes. It keeps your Prosecco, oh. your champagne, or your white wine cold. It doesn't water down your, your drink. And then you have a nice little fruit added to it. Guys, did you hear that little tip? Because that was worth a million dollars, Corey. That was worth, <laughs> especially you. since we're going into the 4th of July weekend, people are going to be drinking a lot of wine. Get those I'm strong. sorry, but I have, to, I have to say I'm entitled to half of that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay, that was also Ray's idea, folks. We don't want to leave him out at all. But um, oh my heavens, that that is is very interesting. Any any other tips to uh, the question I always have is when you see these people at a restaurant and they're ordering a wine and the um, uh, waiter comes over or the sommelier or whatever, and um, they smell it. I mean, is that what they do? They smell it to see if it's good. It's not to see if it's good. It's to prepare you. I mean. Let's face facts. Your sense of smell is your strongest sense. And yeah. when you smell something, it's preparing you to taste it. And sometimes it's a wonderful contradiction. You'll smell something in the aroma, and when you taste it, it takes you to a completely different taste profile. And um, it's very important to, uh, to to get the nose of the wine, if you will, oh. before you're going to drink it. Absolutely. Oh. Because the nose knows, right, Corey? Absolutely. <laughs> when you get a really good meal and you start to smell something cooking and you're, you're, you anticipate what it's going to be, the, the sense of smell just gets you excited and ready for what's next. Okay. And I, I want to mention this book again because, folks, in our society right now, we need a lot of laughs. And this book is such a hoot. I, Ray, I don't think it's for you. It really is for women. It, it's by Eleanor Lippman. She writes these books. She, she has a great sense of humor, almost like Jane Austen. And the book is called Rachel to the Rescue. It just came out. And um, when I got to the wine store and, you know, she really likes this guy in the wine store and, and what he's advising her about wines, I just thought of you guys. I was on the floor. I couldn't believe I was going to be doing the show. And here I've got this guy giving all kinds of advice about which wines to buy. Oh, also, he, he says in the book, you have to be very, um, <clears throat> very, uh, keep confidences because various people come in at various times with maybe not their spouses. They come in with someone else. So they, you have to act very, um, well, as you can see, the book is a hoot. So go read it, folks, if you want a good laugh and get a good glass of wine while you're reading it. I can't say enough about it. All right. Yeah, just don't swirl it with your finger while you're reading. <laughs> just don't swirl it with your finger while you're reading. What about forty dollar wines, Corey? Anything above forty dollar wines um, that you that you like? That I like. I mean, there are some fantastic Amarones. Uh, Ray turned our family on to Italian Amarone many many years ago, and you know they're more on the expensive side, but they are worth every penny. Ah, okay, Ray. Any ideas you have? That you want to well, add to this? As Corey just pointed, as Corey just pointed out, Amarone was my idea. <laughs> yes, of course. I um, mean, uh, Corey, we yeah, would never 40, believe it. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the forty dollars range, there are you know plenty of options. As Corey pointed out, there's a lot of California Cabernets in that price range that are very good. Um, you can go to Spain and get a really nice Humilla mm. or Ribeiro de Duro in that range that'll knock your socks off. Um, white Burgundies in that price range are really really strong. Mm. Uh, 
red burgundies tend to be a little more pricey, but you can still get a solid one for that price. Uh, you can still get a Brunello or a Barolo in that price range. So if you've got 40 bucks to spend, there's a lot of choices. There's a lot of choices. Now, I have $1,000 to spend. How do you like that, Ray? $1,000 to spend for a, a bottle of wine. Well, you're giving Corey a million dollars just for talking about frozen strawberries. So I would hope you at least have $1,000 for your wine. So who would you recommend for $1,000? Now, I'm moving to Beverly Hills, as you probably guessed. Our belly, I can't decide yet. I, I mean, they're walking in lobsters while you're doing the show. You've exactly. obviously got some pain. Right, right. So, um, I mean, in the $1,000 range, you're, you're now you're talking about very – uh, you know, r- rarefied air, if you will. But I know Be- Penfolds has a uh, Cabernet. They're they're out of Australia, ah. but they're a very very well known and respected uh, winemakers. They've been around a long time, and they have a Cabernet that retails for about nine hundred ninety dollars. So oh my. you can you can buy the bottle and have ten dollars to get yourself a nice glass to drink it out of. What? Let me ask you. Then this is. I know this is kind of. Um... Out of the box, but do, are these wines really better than, say, the ten dollar wine? I mean, I've had, yes, well, they're much better <laughs> than the ten dollar wine. But I've had these discussions with colleagues before, and there is a certain feeling of once you get to a certain price range, yeah, how good could they be? Exactly. I mean, if I'm spending, if I spend a thousand dollars on a bottle, I better take a sip and pass out because exactly. it's so delicious. Yeah, but yeah. Um, and as they revise me, my first question will be, was it worth it? Um, but the bottom line is these wines are priced on reputation, availability, mm. ageability, and all these factors play into it. And as there's less to be had, the price goes up. Huh. Well, now we're getting into wine cellars because I guess a person who has a wine cellar would have a $1,000 bottle Right? I mean... Well, I mean, if you could afford a wine cellar, hopefully you can afford the wines to put in it. <laughs> Corey, do you think that would happen? If you have a wine cellar, you could afford the wines to put yeah, in it? I, mean, I, I know many attorneys and judges that I work with who have wine cellars, who are collectors, yep. who some of them collect and keep only specific wines that they like. Um, others who try to have a variety of you know, a collection so they could brag about everything from, you know, white to champagne to reds from all over the world. And, you know, it's it's something they like to do and they also like to drink it. So, I mean, it's a, ho- it's a hobby. Oh, oh it's yes, a- yes. I have a cousin who has one and, um, I mean, he's got a few hundred bottles in there, you know. So, but um, how do you, how do you um, put together a wine cellar in all seriousness? How, how, I decide now I'm going to put together a wine cellar. I just choose the well, ones I, mean, I like. I've I've been asked to uh, assist in things like that in the past. So, you know, we've had people just come to you go to a retail store and you say, you know, this is what I'm looking for. You know, these are the price ranges I'm in. I'm like so many from this area, so many from this area, and you know, then you just kind of put together some suggestions and some options. Uh, they pick and choose. They come and buy it, and you know we deliver it and put it in the cell form. Well, do they have wine auctions? I don't know why I thought I read about that. Where you go and you bid on wines? Is is that they do? But that that speaks to what we were just talking about with the thousand dollar bottle. Yeah, As stuff yeah. becomes rarer, right? Then they'll wind up at an auction house. This had a hundred point rating. It's fifteen years old. It's been stored properly over these years. Do I hear? 
eleven hundred dollars, you know, uh-huh. and it goes from there. But uh-huh. these are people who not only have a great passion for wine, but have the, the you know, the, the finance to, to to do this. Right. I do want that. Yeah, I want to interrupt you one one minute, Ray. You know, people can order from you online, can't they? At Wine Anthology. Wineanthology.com, that's correct. And uh, okay. we carry a great many different wines, and we do have some pricier stuff. They do a huge online business at my uh, store. And, uh, you know, if, you, if you're looking for something hard to get, uh, if it's available, we'll carry it. Okay, folks, so just remember, I want to give Wine Anthology a plug. Ray will be back. Ray and Corey will be back in September, and we'll have more. And if you have questions for them, by the way, just email me at Ellen Kagan, K-A-G-A, and is a no at gmail.com. Any questions for Corey and Ray, I will sh- send them right down to them. And uh, we can also answer the questions in September, right, guys? Absolutely. Okay. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be great. Um, so we have like a minute left, a minute and a half. Any last words? Corey, you take it. Any last words you want during, you know? We, we as we always tell people on our show, just open your mind and open your palate. Don't be so stuck on that one wine that you know and are familiar with. There's hundreds out there. And like Ray said, your, you know, your favorite wine could be out there and you haven't tried it yet. Okay. And Ray, what do you want to say? Well, as Corey just pointed out, that is what I said. But, um, Mention your show. No, I mean, Mention listen. your show. Mention your show because I don't think we gave it enough. Uh... Uh, okay. Well, we are the co-host of Winding Away with Corey and Ray. And what we always try to do is recommend really great buys, varietals that drink way above their price point. That's what we put the focus on. There's so many great wines out there that aren't expensive. Be adventurous. Give them a try. And like you always say, have fun. Fantastic, guys. Happy 4th of July, and thank you for being with me today. And that's the end of the show, but you'll be back. They'll be back. Enjoy your lobster. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Adios.